everyone and welcome to a very special bonus edition of the pod and the pendulum although we're typically the show that covers all horror movie franchises one movie and one episode at a time today we are going to talk about some things in the horror sphere and elsewhere that we are grateful for since as this episode comes out it is thanksgiving I'm your host, Mike Snoonian, and I am very grateful for my two co-hosts today. First up from the We Who Walk Here site, as well as FilmCred and others, we have Miss Jessica Scott. Miss Jessica Scott, how are we? I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here this morning. There's no Thanksgiving music we can play in the background, unlike Christmas, so... <laughs> I'll just maybe fill it with, like, gobbling turkeys or something for some ambiance. Who knows? <laughs> We are also joined once again. You've read her work on Dread Central, on Daily uh, Daily Grindhouse, and others. We have Miss Rachel Reeves. Rachel, how are we? Hey, I am so thankful to be here today. <laughs> oh, that is great. Well, thank you for spending some of your Saturday with me here. Um, and yeah, you know, we're going to keep it brief today. So, you know, if you're running around the kitchen... Uh, you will not usually you could put on one of our shows and like basically throw the turkey in the oven. And by the time the episode ends, like that, the turkey is done. But today will be a lot shorter. So I guess we'll start, you know, really quick. You know, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays. It's it's one of the big ones, but also I think it's kind of overlooked a lot because it's in between Halloween and Christmas uh, or the holiday season in general. But what is what does Thanksgiving mean to you, both of you? Like when you think of Thanksgiving, is it a holiday you really love or is it like, eh, it's a Thursday off? Yeah. Jess, what say you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I have complicated feelings on Thanksgiving. Like mm-hmm. I think of it, you know, if you divorce it from the historical context and try to think of it just as a day to be thankful and a day to be with people you love my family is very small and gets smaller every year so it can be Mm -hmm. kind of sad for me Mm -hmm. um because now it's just it's going to be me my mom and my grandma and that's it that's all i got um Mm -hmm. i've got my sister and her family are overseas and then that's the extent of my family so it does kind of make me sad i won't lie um but at the same time i do like having fond memories of like past thanksgivings where Mm -hmm. i had like like bigger gatherings a lot more people around it's i get the warm and fuzzies about it on a micro level as just a thing that my family and i do together but on a Mm -hmm. macro level it's also very sad because it is not a holiday that you can celebrate as a white person without any guilt Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way um so not to bring the whole episode down right from the start but nope. um it's it's something that i enjoy but it also gives me a lot of sadness right rachel how about yourself i mean 
yeah, the holiday is a complicated one <laughs> for sure. But when it comes to kind of the the modern celebratory aspect of it, I'm just kind of meh. My family is all in town. So, you know, I know a lot of people travel or have, you know, much larger families. And so I'm lucky that my family's pretty small, but we all are in the same city. So we just, you know, go over to my parents. It's super chill, which I'm grateful for. Like, you know, if I had to get dressed up or something or heaven forbid I had to cook like, ugh, like that Mm -hmm. would be different. But and I'll also say now that I have I have a two year old niece and so holidays like all the holidays are kind of put in a different perspective for me because just being able to see them through um, through her eyes and even just I had a friend who's a teacher say that, you know, for little kids, you know, it's maybe you just kind of emphasize the idea of giving thanks and being grateful and like that that side of it before digging into a lot of the the historical things and maybe that's just a better way to to frame it um so it's been it's been fun with her but yeah i mean i'm and we're also like half my family's vegetarian so it's always kind of funny so, cuz it's just a bunch of it's like a bunch of sides and then my dad and my husband and my brother just split like a little tiny like pack of turkey <laughs> Excellent. So I am the one, like, if you catch me on the right day, I might actually say Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Uh, Like, I am, yeah, like, I know, like, it's not always like this. And I think, especially with, like, with Halloween, as I've gotten older, like, I have kind of aged out of adult Halloween parties. Like, no one really throws them anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And my daughter, like, I used to take my daughter trick-or-treating every year. Um, and we literally had been times where like get an extra pillowcase uh, or have like a spare backup costume. If you want to hit a couple houses <laughs> twice, like we would be out there doing that. And now she's old enough where like she goes with friends and it's like, you know, sad, um, but also great because she goes with a really good group of kids and they go out and do their thing. And we got literally like two trick or treaters this year. It was really a bummer. So mm-hmm. You know, it's Halloween. I love Halloween, but like I watch horror movies all year round. I have horror movie posters and stuff up all year round. So um, Thanksgiving to me, and I agree with both of you. Like if you can remove it from the historical context of stolen land and genocide, which is difficult to do. It's quite a feat. Um, And you're like, fuck it, sweet potatoes and turkey. Um, You know, then it's quite the day. Um I do look at it as like a day to be just kick back and be grateful. Like now that I'm not in retail and haven't been in about 15 years, like having that extended break, like where I'm, where I work now, I have Wednesday off and then all the way through. And it's to me, I, I enjoy it more than Christmas usually because it's not about like presents and finding the right gift and going into debt. Um, <laughs> my mom is, God lover, notoriously hard to shop for. I remember literally having a breakdown one Christmas Eve, like not knowing what to get her because, you know, it's gotten easier. Like once you have a child, it's easier because like anything with world's best grandma on it, (laughs) just, you know, or the calendars or mugs, like it becomes a lot easier over time. Um, So I really enjoy it. I love to cook. Um, 
I don't, I say that I don't love the big family gatherings, but I actually don't mind them once we get there. I kind of view it as like a sociological experiment because <laughs> they are weird and we'll get 40 of us together. Um, cool. Yeah. And we're all over the map when it comes to our beliefs and politics. And so I kind of look at it as, is like, I wonder who I can rile up this year. Um <laughs> The one good thing from COVID I've said is like doing the small family gathering, like just cooking for my family and doing a huge feast and throwing on some music and like doing everything and just feeling like having the memories of my parents and aunts and uncles doing that. So, yeah, I love the holiday. Like I'll watch Goodfellas the day after. Like that's my yearly rewatch movie, that and Rocky. Um, And then maybe we'll maybe throw on like die hard that night to start off the Christmas season uh, in earnest. So yeah, that's how, where I'm coming from it. So I might be a bit more chipper. We'll see (laughs) what happens here. Um, On a side note, like we, on my other show, we're not dropping an episode this week. Uh, We just took a week off and we were like, what are we going to do? We had like a patron's choice. And one of the choices was, was pray the new predator movie. And uh, my co-host Jen rightly said it might not be the best idea yeah. to drop like a movie about indigenous persons like on Thanksgiving. Like that might not be a good look. So once again, like side note, I am grateful for doing this show with in other shows with people much smarter than myself. <laughs> so. All right. Who would like to start? I just said a mouthful right there. So, Rachel, how about you? Would you like to give round one of like something that you are grateful for this this season? Sure. It's kind of wild. This year, I mean, like the last few years has felt like 10 years. <laughs> and just like trying to think about just we're just so blessed <laughs> this mm-hmm. year, like honestly. And so one of the things I'm really thankful for is all the remakes and the reboots. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to say it, guys. I mean, we've got Scream. Scream came out this year. (laughs) For some reason, I thought that was like, like, that was like two years ago. But no, I looked it up and I was like, holy shit, that was January. Okay. Um, We had Scream. We had Hellraiser. We had Halloween Ends and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was this year. And so I'm actually, especially when looking at all of these sort of together, and I'm probably missing some other ones, but... I just am really grateful to have, whether you liked them or not, all of these movies, I feel like were given kind of the respect they deserve. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of money. There's a lot of talent behind the teams putting them together. There's a lot of time and thought and interesting ideas attempting in some way to move these franchises forward. And I'm a big fan of that. I love seeing remakes that don't just redo the same thing that we've seen a million times. I love seeing familiar ideas reinterpreted and presented in new ways. So I'm grateful to see some of these really beloved franchises um, embracing that and being able to finally see that because, yeah, I think it's great. And I would love to see maybe some deeper cuts, some stuff that mm-hmm. maybe needs a remake that was never so hot the first time. Um, but I am happy with where these have gone. So, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. It's been fun. What is one movie you would love to see remade or redone or have someone take another swing at it? 
I mean, my like personal like dream, it's not necessarily really horror, but it would be it's always been um, something wicked this way comes. Ooh, okay. The Disney movie. I just think that that book is just so spooky and seasonal and has such incredible like visual elements to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think Disney did what they could at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's also just a really, I mean, we talked about it on the Losers Club, I think a few years ago, it's just really sad and like yep. a very adult book, but tor- you know, told through these kids' stories. And I just think that there's so much room for interpretation and just like, it could mm. be so cool. And it just wow. has never been done, I think. so. Yeah. You figure they might take a crack at it with, even if it's just on Disney Plus, like if you're doing Hocus Pocus 2, then... You know, there's definitely some room there to to take another crack at this. Yeah, I think it's just not as recognizable, obviously, as a lot mm-hmm. of titles. But I just think it would be really cool to see even somebody more in the indie sphere. Like, but it's Disney, so like getting the the rights to it, I'm sure, would be a little spendy. But if you mm-hmm. could do that, well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, since it's a book, Ray Bradbury. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But yeah. it would be cool to see maybe somebody tackle it in a more elevated fashion <laughs> wow we're going there we're going with that word <laughs> well I, yeah i don't know. Oh, you know if friday the 13th is now going to be elevated horror being that mm. it's part of a24 and brian fuller so there you go jason right. Voorhees, elevated horror <laughs> um jessica how about yourself what's your first pick um my first pick i'm being super self-indulgent today i'm going to talk about how grateful i am for podcasting on a podcast Okay, Uh, do it. (laughs) No, like this show and like every time somebody invites me on their show, I'm just shocked and so thankful. And like I've made so many friends doing podcasting. I've learned so much and, you know, it helps me develop my own ideas. It helps me be exposed to other people's ideas. And like I just, especially during the pandemic and being stuck at home, this is such a huge outlet for being social and being you know, having a community with other horror fans and other movie fans. And I just, I'm so thankful for everybody who's had me on their show, especially you keep inviting me back for some reason. And I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> well, you're part of the crew now. You're part of the regular gang. So, and I'm thankful for that. I just, I, I love podcasting and like, I think it has saved me a lot the past couple of years. So that's something I'm super, super thankful for. And everybody who listens or like tells me on Twitter, I listened to your episode and you made me think about this movie in a new way. Like that means so much to me. So I'm so thankful for that. That's as high of a compliment as you can get. Mm -hmm. Like when you can bring around someone's way of thinking, just, you know, I think that is as high of a compliment as you can possibly get. Exactly. For me, the first thing I've got here is, oh, did, did I cut you off? No, I'm good. Okay, making sure. Um, for me, like the first thing is, this has been a year that horror movies have taken big swings. And I really love when horror movies do that. Um, like you said, with Scream coming out in January of this year, it reinvented, I think, that movie in some ways that were both familiar, but also allows it to go in new directions. But then you get movies like X from Ty West, which is one of the most delightful things I've watched this year. And, you know, it obviously traffics in the familiar, like, you know, really owes a lot to Toby Hooper and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But then it explores like aging and sexuality in a way that you don't see 
in horror movies typically and also is like really funny um and you follow that up with like a you know slasher sequel musical in pearl um <laughs> just like so just ty west going out there doing what he does um barbarian is one of the most delightful if not my favorite movie of the year already like it is a movie that if you're someone who has seen thousands of horror movies like i think the three of us have collectively it doesn't lose its ability to shock you in the best possible ways and i just remember grinning from ear to ear throughout that movie and cackling at certain parts of it um nope being not what i thought it was going to be at all like again jordan peele becoming a brand in and of itself like he just he is what sells the movie and you just say I have a new movie coming out. I'm Jordan Peele. It's like, great. I'll get my tickets on day one. Um, and we can't forget a sequel to Orphan. Oh, a yeah. decade, nearly a decade and a half after <laughs> Isabel Furman was was 11 years old. And not only is it, it's a prequel where the now mid-20s beautiful young woman is playing a nine-year-old or a seven-year-old maybe in this movie. Oh, look at that chonky guy. What a lovely guy there. (laughs) And, And not only do you get that, but then you take some absolutely wild swings. And we're not going into a lot of detail because, folks, go out and discover these movies on your own and be surprised. Um, what else like speak no evil surprised me this year but maybe in some ways it made me really sad Mm. terrifier too like let's do a two and a half hour slasher movie that not only has some of the best practical effects but tries for a story and is a really weird one um and it's become like a little indie gem and maybe like the most feel-good horror story of the year um, just because you know, Damien Leone is like, fuck it, let's do something different. And I mm-hmm. love that horror and horror fans allow allow the genre to do that. So that's my, my first thing of gratitude. All right, let's switch it up. Jessica, what's your second thing? Uh, my second thing is uh, horror film festivals with uh, remote options. Mm-hmm. Yes, I- preach. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Um, a lot of people are doing a lot of good work trying to make things more accessible for horror fans in terms of location or money. Like there are so many amazing indie horror movies out there. I have seen so many movies this year that I absolutely loved that I wouldn't have been able to see because I'm not in, you know, New York or LA. I'm not in Chicago. I'm not in Austin uh, or Toronto. You know, I'm not in one of those big film cities. I'm, I'm in Arkansas. I'm kind of stuck in a a desert of cinema access, if you want to say it that way. Um, So I'm really grateful that I've been able to um, see all these movies and that so many people who are in the same boat as me have been able to see all these movies and talk about them online and get attention on these indie filmmakers who deserve it and who don't have the the budget or the marketing sway or a big studio behind them to push those movies forward. So I'm really thankful just selfishly that I've had access, but also for all these, you know, creators who are getting their work seen by a lot more people because they deserve it. Yeah, I agree. I think that has been one of the good things, the way festivals adapted in 2020 Mm -hmm. and in 
have continued to provide that access for people, not only for persons that, like you said, are in Arkansas or in further flung places that can't get to the larger festivals, but just for persons that might be immunocompromised mm-hmm. or part of the disabled community mm-hmm. so that they can you know, provide the same coverage uh, and have their voices and their perspective heard as well. Like exactly. that's been one of the, and I would say like, Shout out to the Chattanooga Film Fest because they were the first ones to do it in early days mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. find a way to do it really, really well and continue to do it really well. Yeah, so. Chattanooga rules. I love them. Yeah. How about that? Was actually, I had bought my ticket and passed for that like right before the pandemic it was like the last huh. thing that I, yeah. But what can you do? All right, Rachel, how about yourself? I am just really grateful for a lot of the the sites out there covering, you know, horror or genre film in some capacity. I think that they just, they, I'm thinking like, you know, Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central, Rue Morgue, Daily Grindhouse, like all of these sites don't really get the credit for how much work goes into it. Um, And, you know, Jess, who, you know, works for Film Cred, like, I'm sure, you know, she can talk about that. But it's the amount of work that goes into it and the dedication to these people the editors putting out content every day, scheduling it, arranging interviews, doing assignments. Like it's incredible. And I think that I've been really proud to see as I've been following some of these over the years, some of the folks that actually are behind the scenes, you know, think Mary Beth at Dread Central, who mm-hmm. I met, you know, working at a site years and years ago. And just to see how she's just completely become a rock star in this genre. And um, you know, like Mike Roffman is now part of the Bloody Disgusting family. So these people that I know personally being brought into these sites and being behind the scenes, I think is really magical and their voices. And I don't know, just churning out news, especially like I'm thinking like Bloody Disgusting specifically, like I cannot even imagine how much work that goes into that, but also how important that is, even just to me as like a fan, like I find out so much stuff from those sites. I find, you know, I go, I turn to them time and time again for research and their huge archives of stuff. Like that's such a service to the community and just amplifying what's going on in the genre. And I'm just so grateful that there's people that dedicated to making that happen literally every single day. (laughs) I think a great thing with, the site, the two major sites you mentioned too, with Dread Central and Bloody Disgusting, and also like Fangoria Magazine, is like they've Absolutely. made it a point in the past like few years to really like broaden who covers horror. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting a lot of different perspectives than you were. I mean, I remember the old blogosphere days, and it was basically just a lot of people that looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. I mean, like, happy to have opportunities um but i think like any anything you want to learn about is always better the the more larger variety of voices that you have covering it like there are persons that um don't necessarily perspectives and things you don't necessarily think about at first blush so the fact that different folks are getting to have their voices heard is like really amazing I think so, too. I think that that's big. And I think that, I mean, shout out to Fangoria. I think ever since like Tara and that team like took, you know, you know, partial ownership of that or owner full ownership. I'm not exactly sure how that breaks down, but there's been. Yeah, it's been 
cool to see a lot of these institutional pillars of the genre really brought in and yeah, these new voices and the rotation and what they're covering. And yeah, that's, that's a big deal and it's important and it's been just, it's been a delight to see. (laughs) Yeah. So my second one is also about film festivals, but it's a 180 from what Jet said. And as much as I do love that there's a remote coverage there, I love that film festivals are back in person. Um, Being able to go to them, like there isn't really a large horror film festival in the... Well, actually, I'm going to correct myself. There's Salem Horror, which took a break this year but it's coming back in a much larger way uh, in 2023. Uh, But like Boston proper doesn't have like a massive horror film festival, but there's like the Boston underground film fest, which was back for the first time since 2019 this year. And there's just something about being in the Brattle theater and watching these weird little genre movies. I think, um, and also seeing things that, I would not have seen elsewhere like Night Tram and Hop uh, Hypochondriac, like two movies mm. I caught back to back. Um, going out to Telluride Horror again this year to host for like the tenth time, and it like really being back proper this year, like every screening being sold out all through the weekend. And when we talk about the theatrical experience, a lot of times. I am at like, a, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, if I want the theatrical experience, I'll hire a bunch of teenagers to come to my house and like jump soda on my floor and talk through the movie. Um, but what I think when people talk about like how sacred or wonderful it is, like they're talking about the film fest experience, like being in a room full of people that love horror, that want to see absolutely fucked up movies like megalomaniac that you would never see on a big screen seeing like the work of like benson and moorhead on a large screen seeing the new travis stevens movie a wounded fawn seeing harbinger twice from andy mitten and like having horrific nightmares after watching it um but being with people that love horror and love cinema like i never have to do the like put your phones away and don't talk during the movie spiel because people get it like just absolutely know not to do that and i think that's what i really really love about the film fest experience so keep the remote coverage coming like let's keep doing that but just it is nice to see some friendly faces back in the cinema as well so all right rachel round three um so this one it's like i'm thankful for it but it also gives me anxiety it's just Mm -hmm. the i can't i mean i can't keep up like the wealth of riches that we have been blessed with this year is insane. And it's just so funny thinking back to like, there's always been a lot of horror coming out, but you know, it was like released in, you know, on VHS or whatever. You just didn't hear about it as much. And now with the eight bazillion gazillion uh, streaming platforms and different, the festivals circuits and the availability of the virtual options, like there's so much and it's, great there's just such a wide variety of voices and subgenres and opportunities and conversations happening around all of these films like it's it's just been really delightful to meet new filmmakers through their films and then or hear what other people are seeing and really loving there's just no end to what you can go find out there and it's been it's been exciting 
Like I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not bored. Like, oh, there's nothing out. Like, oh, this is such a drought. Like, yes, there's the big theatrical releases, which are have been great. I love the theater experience. But even just seeing some of the smaller films released on Shutter, like Shutter has been cranking out some bangers, and it's, I mean, it's great. There's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it gives me anxiety because there's no way, <laughs> there's no possible way that I can keep up with everything. But know. also, it's just, I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? And it's a lot of good I stuff. Know. It's yeah. not a lot of like just, you know, trash coming out. Like, I mean, there's always trash, but there's also just so much good stuff. It's just very exciting. <laughs> there was a, a stretch from like mid September through even past Halloween ends. Like, you had. I think like the week after that pray for the devil came out, you had like five Mm -hmm. weeks where there was a new horror movie every week coming out. And most of them did pretty well. Like I think smile is still in the top five. Um, It's made over $200 million worldwide (laughs) at this point. Like it is. And is it my favorite movie? Like, no, like it's a, it's okay. I think other things, but I love seeing any horror movie do like 200 million so i think you said it earlier rachel like it gets more respect now like horror gets a lot more respect people want to work in the genre aside from superhero movies it's probably Mm -hmm. the only one where you're guaranteed you're not going to lose money on most horror movies yeah Mm -hmm. and i guarantee you people most filmmakers would rather make a horror movie than a (laughs) giant superhero movie oh yeah absolutely (laughs) unless you're sam raimi for some reason who keeps going back to he likes that paycheck yeah maybe all right jessica how about yourself okay i'll be self-indulgent again and do like a brag on this one (laughs) okay do Um, it um so i'm i'm thankful for the way that you know, when you're a horror journalist, like your writing can connect you with some of your heroes or some of the people that you really admire. Um, Mm -hmm. I wrote uh, something for slash film this week. It was, I ranked the, the main characters of what we do in the shadows Mm -hmm. uh, from, and my top pick was Guillermo because I think he's the best character on that show. And Harvey Guillen actually saw the article and shared it and said that he was really thankful that Guillermo was getting so much recognition and Mm -hmm. attention. Um, And I'm just, I've, sorry, my dog's whining a bit. Um, I I freaked out because I was like, like, I want attention. Give me attention. (laughs) Give me love. I'm also thankful for her. I have to say that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but no, like I was, I freaked out because I'm like, Oh God, I'm being perceived by someone. (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, you know, it actually meant something to him. And I'm so yeah. thankful that you get to like make a difference for people sometimes. Yeah. It's not like I'm saving the world or anything by writing about TV shows, but I'm glad that like he was thankful for that and felt appreciated and seen for being such a great actor and having such a great character. And I just, I love being able to connect with people over things that I love and talk about things that I love and make those connections. So I'm really thankful for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. I think your dog agrees too. <laughs> yeah. He wants attention. Yes. Like, Speak attention. Rub my belly right now, please. Um, for me, the last one I have is really the horror community in general. And I think we've kind of like touched upon it with each of the things we've written. Like any community, there's going to be some bad seeds. Um, and sometimes I think any fandom gets judged by the worst of it. But I have found like horror fans by and large to be some of the most like accepting people, some of the most fun people, some of the kindest overall. Um, 
And I just love being a part of this community, kind of tying it into what both of you have said, like the wealth of opportunities that are out there right now between all the different sites that are like embracing different writers and different creators. Like I am really excited. I have another piece coming out soon for Dread Central, and I'm looking forward to keep pitching them on some ideas and kind of get back into the writing again. Yeah. Um, Doing this show, like starting in 2019, like I've made a lot of connections, but more importantly, like a lot of friendships I would not have made otherwise. And I don't know how I would have handled 2020 without having this outlet and without making like the connections I was able to. But not only that, like doing things like we're going to do you know, like script readings during 2020 when we're all locked down and the people that reached out that took part and said like, this was the first social thing I got to do in forever. And I'm really Mm -hmm. happy, like giving people that, you know, we were talking about the Thanksgiving holiday, like a big thing for our family has always been throwing the doors open for people. Um, I remember times where my mom would literally take the phone from my hand if I had a friend that had nowhere to go like, hey, he's coming to pick you up right now. Like you're just you're not spending today alone. And then being like, okay, you know, I guess I'll I'll be I'll throw on something. That's just the way we've always been. Um, So getting to meet different people, like reading everybody's work, listening to so many great podcasts, whether it's Kill by Kill and Halloweenies and Faculty of Horror and uh, bloody goddamn bloody good horror and like all the ones that are in my concert location bodies of horror the losers club i have like a dozen that i go through oh my, our friends over at disenfranchised our friends at i can't remember matt and matt's fuck rotten tomato sir our friends over at certified forgotten the folks at the Bloody Disgusting or the Boo podcast, Devon's Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, which is now Spectre Cinema, um, but also like doing the show with all of you, like you, uh-huh. Rachel, you, Jess, Brian, Stephen, Devon, Nicole, um, just getting to talk to you, Jess and Lara over at Psychoanalysis. Like these are connections I wouldn't have made otherwise without this community. So super super happy so i have you both and all of you to thank for that oh my gosh it's been a joy (laughs) so and we're keeping it going you know we'll be here long past our expiration date folks Uh, (laughs) you'll get this show from my cold dead (laughs) fingers um i'll be like stephen king i'll have like what do they call like trunk novels like after I die, I'll have like episodes ready to post. So that ghost episodes be- that just oh, materialize. Be fantastic. From the um, beyond. <laughs> so listeners, thanks to all of you. Of course, like we couldn't do this show if nobody listened because it would be ridiculous. Um, my ego's big, but not that large. So thank you so much. If you happen to be listening to this on the day that it drops. Thanks so much for making us a part of your Thanksgiving. Uh, we hope that, you know, as you're making your cranberry sauce and sweet potato pie there, that uh, we've given you a little bit of joy and a little bit to chew on. So we'll be back uh, sooner than later. Like we'll be back, I think, in just a few days with our uh, episode on Orphan First Kill. And then we hit Phantasm. And then the crew is given some spectacular 
ideas for 2023 and some franchises that we're going to cover. So we got a lot of stuff in the pipeline, everyone. Uh, thanks and have a great holiday.